Hi, I'm Paul Carr, and uh, this is my third podcast. So um, the editor at the LA Times asked if I could whip up a story real fast about the sriracha shortage. Um, if you're familiar with that, or if you're not, it's the super hot sauce. Anyway, um, so what I usually do when she asks me to do a story, I beg her, I go, give me 48 hours and I'll have something for you. So anyway, so I did, and um, fortunately for me, she liked it. Um, so here we go. So the title is, The Sriracha Shortage, or as my wife might call it, Our Long Heatless Summer. Um, we all have a very full platter this summer, a sinking economy, scandalously high gas prices, an obstinate and re-emerging coronavirus, war in a foreign land, cryptocurrency collapse, and then there are the shortages, tampons, baby formula, and the one my wife brought to my attention, the sriracha shortage. My wife is Korean. She loves spicy. We even have a kimchi refrigerator in our garage. Yeah, previously mentioned on another podcast. Um, I do not search out spicy foods nor spicy condiments. I am from New England, where we use three and only three spices. Salt, pepper, and maple syrup. Yes, maple syrup is a spice. It makes snow and oatmeal edible. Um, Sriracha is both a wonderful spice and a condiment. I wonder how people can use it. My wife and hordes of others wonder how life can go on without it. A shortage of chili peppers has forced the Irwindale-based company that makes it to suspend production of a few of their sauces, including this wildly popular sriracha hot chili sauce. My wife recently heard an interview with the company's founder, David Tron, whose sriracha dominates the U.S. market. Uh, more than 10 million bottles of it are sold every year. And he grew up in Vietnam and successfully sold a hot sauce there composed of vinegar, sugar, salt, garlic, and red jalapenos. But the original sriracha sauce is actually Thai and was created in the seaside city of Si Racha. Many residents of Thailand haven't even heard of the U.S. brand. Uh, Tron fled the Vietnam War on a ship named Hu Phong, which means gathering prosperity. After he arrived in the U.S. in the 1970s, Tron named his company after the vessel that rescued him and his sauce, Riracha, in honor of the place where it all began. My wife never tells me anything in this much detail. Later, she shoved the orange sriracha bottle in my face and pointed at the name of the company on the label. See, it's right here. Xiaofeng. I said, yes, I see it. I said, do you know why there is a rooster on the label? No, I said, because David Tran was born in the year of the rooster. Okay. Uh, I, I do know that there are 12 Asian zodiac signs that align with birth years. I was born in the year of the snake. My wife was born in the year of the dog, and it may sound like horoscope hocus-pocus, but perhaps there's something to it, because my wife tells me couples who marry should never be a combination of a dog and snake years like we are. So, in my opinion, some astrologer definitely got that right. Later, I said to her, well, I can live without hot sauce. She said, I can't. Hot sauce lovers need hot sauce. Hot sauce matters. Really? I asked. How does it matter? 
She said, what about that fool on his first day in Korea and the hot sauce? Or what about the bear in Alaska? Ah, yes. The fool. The fool, of course, was me. On my first day in Korea, I was ecstatic. Why? Because as I looked around, I saw hundreds of street vendors squatting before vats filled with what I thought was absolutely yummy tomato sauce. I knew then that eating in Korea would be a joy. The only thing, all those vats weren't filled with happy tomato sauce. They were practically radioactive, spicy, hot sauces and paste with nearly the exact same ingredients as sriracha minus the vinegar. Okay, the bear stars in a tale told by Korean friends who owned a restaurant in Fairbanks. They said that in the springtime, the bears wake up desperately starving and often head to their restaurant on the edge of town. It was once filled with fishermen, oil workers, and indigenous people when a bear appeared at the front door. And the bear wanted in, and he stood on his back legs and pushed on the thick glass door with the flat of his palms. The, bear ins the people inside knew if the bear broke through, a massacre would follow. So they rushed the door, six guys inside pushing out, a bear outside pushing in. But suddenly the bear stopped and ambled around the corner. That super hot spicy paste I had first seen in Korea apparently accompanies Koreans wherever they go. It's often stored on staircases in 30-gallon ceramic vats. The bear smashed such a vat with one swipe, stuck his nose in for a yummy taste, and surely wished he'd never woken up. He ran off howling to the amusement and the relief of the many people inside the restaurant. One of the local guys said slowly and deliberately, thought I might have to shoot the poor thing. My wife was quite happy with me reflecting on this, especially the fool part. I said, it all makes sense. Why, she said, the main ingredient in bear repellent is super hot peppers. At any rate, the sriracha shortage is allegedly ending in September. A certain bear in Alaska, and I really don't give a hoot, but armies of others will be counting the days. So anyway, so that, that was in the LA Times um, not too long ago. And uh, yeah, it got, it got quite a bit of commentary. The Korean community liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't think bears liked it very much. That poor bear. Um, the people that own that restaurant now own a restaurant here in, in Monterey, where I live. They're, they're wonderful, hardworking Korean folks, and their hot sauce goes with them everywhere. Um, that's the hot sauce story, and I will have another podcast for you ASAP. I'm Paul Carr. Thank you very much, and adios.